This is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. So today we're just going to be talking about a few things about the Minnesota Twins. Um, we'll talk about State of the Twins, the trade deadline, Sano, Kepler, some of those guys that we had on our prospect waves back five plus years ago, and some prospects that we have upcoming. Um, another quick reminder, you can always give us a follow at Minnesota Sports Insider on Twitter, you can always subscribe. You can just try to listen to as many podcasts as you can. Typically, I want to keep my podcast to 20 minutes long, um, sometimes a little longer, sometimes shorter. Um, I, again, cover the Twins, the Wild, the Timberwolves, the Vikings. Um, I try to give you objective work, feedback, um, news updates, and all those things. Um, I'm trying to live it some some subjectivity part to these things to give you a little background i do watch a lot of uh minnesota sports as much as i can i'm a film junkie i will watch 130 plus full twins games i'll watch 70 plus wolves games a year 70 plus wild games full games a year and all of the 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 uh, vikings games which now will be 17 games this season so without too much delay let's get into this so the twins okay this is my twin segment um, we're going to start with where are the Twins? Okay, we are over ten games out of out of first place in the division. It's a problem. We've known that. Um, almost started out from the get go this year. We started losing games in horrendous fashion. Get leads, we'd blow them in the eighth, the ninth. That seemed to be the story early on. Then we started to lose more games for, in, in in more obvious ways that weren't so um, point the finger at Rocco, which I know I did. Point the finger at the bullpen, which I also did. Um, and now we're going into losing a lot of games, losing games badly, getting games getting out of hand early, really having only two solid starters in the rotation. You know, the bullpens hit or miss every other night. The hitting's hit or miss most nights. Um, so it's it's been a lot of a lot of questions. And then on top of that, the most obvious thing: the injuries are piling up, and you know, it it just seems like. This season is lost. Um, now we've seen teams like the Washington uh, Nationals come out from having a horrible first two months of the year and, and end up winning the World Series. But I don't think this is that year. I don't think we have nearly the starting pitching depth that they had at that time with Strasburg and and all the guys that they were throwing out there like Scherzer and, and, and everything else and the hitters. But the issue here is that we have a lot of guys that are a not staying healthy, b not producing a, 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 at a per, at a good rate that is at least above or close to replacement level, um, and uh, we don't have a lot of uh, of real depth in our bullpen. So let's go here. Let's let's start with Sano. Um, Sano is a guy who's been hitting roughly two twenty for his batting average over the last two hundred baseball games. He is. Turning 28 years old soon, um, and he's a player that I don't think is going to be a part of the future for much longer. The question we have to ask is, why are we holding on to him if we are going to keep him? And I don't have a lot of reasons for that. He's not productive. He's not playing a, a huge defensive need. He's playing first. You know, could be a DH half a time. Um, there's he's getting paid roughly 10 million a year for the next few years. He is a guy that will not get much back in a trade. You just won't get much back for him in a trade. We know Rosario, we tried to trade him. We couldn't. 
get anything significant for him, so we ended up waving him and losing him for nothing. Obviously, we know Cleveland now picked him up. So it's going to be a sad thing, but Sano's not going to have much value. He's not going to have much value. And uh, maybe you get a lower tier prospect. Maybe you get a, you know, it, it definitely, I'll tell you this, it will not be any significant MLB player coming back for Sano, and it will not be any significant top 100 prospect coming back for Sano. It won't happen. Um, let's move on to Kepler. Kepler's been in a little injury riddle this year. He's actually been very durable besides this year in his Twins' um, last five seasons now, plus. Um, he's he's struggled uh, with consistency at, at the plate. Once again, a guy who's hit roughly 230 over the last 150 ball games, a guy who's not getting a base enough, a guy who is giving you solid defense when he's out there um, and can help you sometimes in short sense in center field. He won't hurt you by any means, um, but nonetheless, a guy who is on a contract at $7 million and has a couple years left, and and we were really excited when he signed that, that five-year contract, right, for like $7 million per year, and uh, it seems that it's not, it's not that it's a horrible contract, because it's not, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, it's a good contract still, you know, it's not bad, but he's not a player that is, he's becoming more of a replacement type player, and, um, there's guys that can fill that need, and quite frankly, um, they're, they're, this team is not ready to win now. So you have to ask yourself, do you want to try to get any kind of prospect back that you can if you're not trying to win now? And I I see Kepler being probably traded so that, or, you know, uh, around the trade deadline, potentially. Um, Polanco's a guy that he's been riddled with some ankle problems over the last few years, even dealt with it this year. They had a little concern. They rested him. He has had a hot last, uh, I'd say, three weeks now hitting. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's getting his numbers up to, you know, his, his normal rate, I would say. Um, you know, he's still struggling a little bit defensively. Now they moved him to second base this year. And um, he's obviously not cut out to play shortstop on a long-term basis. Just fill in roles, potentially. He's a guy that I'm interested to see if, if he does command decent value. Do you trade him? Because he's a nice player to have uh, in your lineup because he's going to hit about 270. He's going to hit, give you about 330 on base. He's going to give you a little bit of pop, not much, you know, 15, 20 homers if he's healthy, uh, potentially. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, he won't kill you in defense, but he's not going to help you a lot either. So um, he's an interesting player. Depends on if we want to trade him, what we what we think there. Um, depends on what you get. Uh, the next prospect, or next player, I should say, is Byron Buxton. Um, you know, we, we know the history there. He's a walking piece of glass and he is a guy who now has shown us that when he's on the field, when he's healthy, rare, I must say, he is a MVP type player so much so that when he played for what the only, the, the first four or five weeks and he missed the next month. Now he's been out for, he is still top 10 in wins above replacement. That is how insanely impactful he was as a player, um, for the Twins to start off the season. And we saw glimpses of it last year even. Um, and he, so that's the, he's such a, it's such an I- issue with him is can he even play 100 games in, in a standard year? Can he even play half the games? And if so, how do you make a contract that works for him and works for you and, and makes you feel safe as a GM, as a coach? It's hard. It is going to be hard because what value will you get back for Buxton? If you get back maybe one bottom end top hundred prospect who's who's friend you know he's in the fringe of the top hundred, is that enough value? 
and and if it is, maybe that's because Buxton's contract is too much for you to swallow and what his agent's asking for. So those things will have to be decided because his contract comes up after this year. This is the last year of arbitration because we know the story that Falvin Levine um, did not play him in September a few years back, and uh, that kind of stalled his uh, proverbial clock in arbitration, and that's how we have that last year for next year, which should have been this year, which also ticked him off. So you can best you can bet that he's going to look for every dime, and honestly, you can't blame the guy um, because he, he struggles to stay healthy, and he does want to collect his paychecks. So let's move on to Barrios. Okay, Barrios, is he a, is he a true ace? No. I don't think so. I don't. I think he's proven that he's not a true ace. Um, now he is still a young player. He is 26 years old. He's not that old um, by any means. He's very young still, and his contract is coming up after this year as well for his arbitration's ending, coming to an end. Um, so looking at Barrios again, to me he's not an ace. He is a good second starter um, on a playoff team. And the question remains is, what is his agent and him going to decide that he wants? We look at Zach Wheeler's contract as a good comparison, uh, making roughly, what, 23 to $25 million a year. And you think to yourself, do you want to pay $25 million a year over five-plus years to Jose Barrios when you already have Josh Donaldson on a contract of the same, $23 million for the next three years, potentially? Um you know it's it's tough. It is tough because uh, you got it's a smaller market like the Twins. Um, again, we know that there's no salary cap in baseball, but we are still held to these, I guess, non-defined lines of how much a franchise, especially a franchise like the Twins, are going to spend on a year-to-year basis. And a, a team that's not ready to win now, why would you want to commit almost fifty million dollars between? Josh Donaldson and Barrios when you're not ready to win now. I, I find it hard to believe, and I do think that the Twins could look to upgrade their farm system after their new crop of wave, wave talent that they have coming up um, and try to replenish uh, in some ways and rebuild. Uh, the, the Maybe the goal is to, to get two or maybe even potentially three top 100 prospects back for Barrios. That's something to be to look for. Um, and, you know, again, it, it depends on what teams are valuing. Do they think that Barrios is a really good second starter on a team? Do some teams even buy the idea that he could be a number one ace, right, or a 1B type pitcher um, on, a, on a, in a starting rotation? So it's tough um, what the Twins will do there. I will say that it will be kind of a painful slash sad day when we, if we do lose Barrios, even if we do get a pretty good haul back. Just because he's been very durable, he's we've never had to worry about Barrios' durability, not pretty much never, and he's been fairly consistent. He's a three point seven ERA type pitcher. It seems like, not trying to put him inside of a box, but it seems like that, right? Um, so it will be very interesting to see if he is traded by the deadline, um, and, and and you would think that a pitcher of that caliber, if that was to 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 truly be in the works you would want that to start being of conversation and and really working out the compensation uh, weeks prior to the trade deadline because that's such an important piece and 
a, a guy who can garner you a lot of assets back for the Twins. So th- this is going to be a huge deadline for Falvin Levine. This is going to define if they end up lasting or even wanting to stay in Minnesota. Um, because the, the, there's, let's be honest, they, there's been, they've made some moves that, that have worked. Nelson Cruz worked, right? Um, and some of the relievers they picked up and smaller moves and parts of some of the utility guys that we got, there's some pieces that have worked for sure. But there have been a couple pieces that have definitely not worked and they might have underestimated, especially this offseason. So maybe it's recency bias that I'm talking like that, but we have to see because this is going to be the test. Will Falvin Levine find fair value and win some trades at the deadline or even this offseason? We will have to find out. And what kind of deals will he put on the table uh, for Buxton and Barrios if they want to keep one or both? So we'll see. I do think that Bruxton and Barrios, I think one of them will for sure be traded at the least um, in the next calendar year. I, I do have that hunch. We'll get to the last two players here, Tyler Duffy, uh, a guy who's ending his arbitration very soon, um, a guy that will still garner some trade value. Maybe you get a, a 80th to 120th kind of top prospect back for Duffy. That's 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 probably as high as I'd, I'd see just one fringe type 100 top prospect for Duffy, um, and and see what you can get there um, because he's going to probably command, you know who knows um, anywhere from, you know seven to twelve million maybe a year if some team gets desperate. Uh, do you want to pay that again for a team that's not ready to win? I'm not sure. I would say you might as well just go off and trade him and see if you can find a find a pretty good. Uh, player, uh, late 100 top prospect. So last player we'll get to is Rogers, another guy that's coming at the end of his arbitration. Again, for those of you that are not sure exactly what arbitration is, it's basically like your first contract as a rookie in baseball, and you know it's service time, and it's typically you know unfortunately five or six years of service time for those players. So Rogers' contract's coming to an end. He is probably going to demand a decent amount of money. Um, now he's he has taken a setback in in recent years to an extent, but he is still a serviceable, pretty solid um, reliever. Who I think he again you could you you'll probably get a first a top one hundred prospect and uh, maybe a lower tier prospect with him. Um, that that's what I see with Rogers. Again, his market could be anywhere. I think between eight to. Or seven, it's pretty similar. Seven or eight to thirteen-ish million. Uh, if some team wants to pay him a decent amount, again, Duffy and Rogers could definitely get less than that, depending on how they also end up this season. But that is kind of what their market couldn't tell. Uh, we'll see there, but I, I see that those are some pieces that would garner you some value back. Um, that that you might not want to be wasting money on if you're not a winning team. So let's move on to the last part here. Um, and are the young prospects to build around. So we have Trevor Larnick, we have Alex Kirloff, we have Ryan Jeffers, we have Luis Arias, we have Royce Lewis, we have Yohan Duran, we have Jordan Balazovic, and we have Brent Rooker and Nick Gordon. Okay, so we have a, we have a that's, those are all guys that are let's see here those are all guys that are uh, outside of Rooker I believe twenty five and twenty five years of age and and younger. Okay. Um, those guys are young. Um, we got 
Larnick who's showing his worth. He's he seems like he's going to be a very solid MLB hitter um, that can really provide some punch in a lineup, um, some pop, um, some good on base, can have a decent um, batting average and all those things. He seems like he, you know it's tough to come to conclusions. You know, but he seems like he's a pretty good player. And then you go to Ryan Jeffries, a 23, 24-year-old catcher. Um, yeah, pretty serviceable defensively. Um, the, we are still waiting to see what he will be offensively. It seems like he's going to be a hitter that hits below 250 batting average. Um, and I know that's not always serving a player well because you're not going into all the other analytics, but I'm just trying to give you a little idea of He's not going to blow you away with with insane on base percentage or insane um, ability to constantly put the ball in play. Um, so he'll be an interesting prospect to see. Luis Arias, we've seen him. He's a guy who will hit 300 as long as he's healthy. He's had some issues with arthritis in his knee. Um, again, all these guys have four plus years um, at least of arbitration to, to work through. So we, we're going to have these guys that are 25 and under till about they're 30 years old, roughly. Most of these guys, uh, if not 28 or 29. So Ryan's the guy, can he stay healthy? He's got some tendinitis issues in his knees. Um, you know, his defense is, is replaceable. It's okay. But he's a very, very good hitter uh, that you'd like to have at the top of your lineup. Just can he stay healthy? Um, but he's a he's a fun guy to root for. There's no doubt about it. His energy is, is very infectious. So uh, Royce Lewis, we know he fell on a piece of ice uh, from the Texas ice storm back this winter. Very unfortunate. Towards ACL, he's out for the year. We haven't seen him in a while because of the COVID season last year. The last time we really saw him was in Arizona Fall League, I believe, in 2019, where he was awesome after a tough summer that season. Yeah, his first tough summer, and then the fall league, he was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the MVP of the league, right? Um, so we'll see there. He's he is a big part of the future for the Twins. Whether he plays shortstop or center field, that remains to be seen. But these are some guys, okay, Lauren Kirilov, Jeffers, Arias, Lewis, that you want to build around. Yoan Duran, a guy who's been throwing a anywhere from ninety nine to one hundred and two on his fastball. He's he's got so much talent. Um, the thing is, is his control, his secondary pitches, is his secondary pitches enough to allow his fastball to work like it can, um, you know, and, and then he gets that command working with it. How, where can he be? To me, he's a second or third starter in rotation, um, and that's exciting because he's, I believe he's uh, 23 years old. So uh, something to look forward to if Duran, I think, second or third starter in the rotation, um, again, if I had to have these way too early predictions, it seems like he's anywhere between a 3.7 to a 4.1 ERA. It's a big range that I'm giving, but right now that just seems where he's going to be. Um, so that 3.7 is a really good second starter. 4.0 is a pretty good third starter, right? Um, so then you got to Royce Lewis. and or Sorry, we already talked about him. Go to Jordan Balazovic, another good pitcher. Um, currently just pitched in double-A in Wichita, I believe. Um, strong outing. He, he, they, they limited his pitches to make sure he was safe. I believe he was on a pitch count. Looked good. Throwing 94-95. Um, his curveball that drops off the table, 12-6. Um, that's his go-to. 
Um, I think he's developed a little bit of a changeup that's that's serviceable. Again, we're going to see if he can have that third pitch come in pretty well. He does have better command than Durant at this point. He is more of a a pitcher that is really um, working side to side, up and down. He can con- control and command. It's just can can he develop that changeup? Can he add that third pitch? We'll see. Um, I, I I would not be surprised, guys, if we saw Balazovic or Duran um, debut this year, later in this year after the trade deadline. It, it would make a lot of sense. Um, and, and, and if you bring him up at a certain time, it also wouldn't affect their arbitration or their proverbial clock that, that starts their contract. Um, so that would also please the probably the owners and people um, sitting with chairs and pens up in the press box. Um, you get to the Brent Rooker. We saw a little bit of him last year. Um, you know, He's probably a DH. Maybe you can squeeze him a game or two in the corner outfield. Maybe you put him a game at first base. Primarily a DH kind of player, though. You know, is he a 250 type hitter with some pop? Sure. Maybe he's a higher strikeout guy. Left a lot to be seen with him. I think he's 25 or 26 years old. We'll see. And the last guy, Nick Gordon. Interesting enough, um, I had a lot of doubt about him, his trajectory. Um, after the age of 20, 21, there's a lot of hype. And then all of a sudden, this drop-off, you couldn't figure out in AAA issues. And you know what? Um, he came up this year. He got a chance to play. And, and he's he's had roughly 20 at-bats in the MLB. Such a small sample size. We've seen Chris Colabello. If anyone remembers that years ago, he didn't do much after his hot start, right? It was just kind of like a one-year wonder. So, um he was an older prospect, to be fair. He was like 29 or 30 when the Twins had him, at least. Not even a prospect, just a player. Uh, but Gordon's 25. He isn't. He's getting a little older, right? But we are seeing his ability um, to, to figure out maybe how to hit a little bit with some confidence. So maybe that's something to, be, to, to look into in future uh, months um, to see his development and, and what the Twins kind of see with Gordon. So that's, that's kind of the state of the Twins, where they're at. Um, and, and to me, it looks like it's going to be a very big test, big year of evaluation as a fan to see how Falvey and Levine deals with this. I would say if their first big adverse situation that they have to deal with. And a lot of guys and a lot of tough decisions that they're going to have to make their mind up about. So with that, thank you guys for listening. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Again, talking Wolves, Twins, Wild, Vikings all the time. Give us a follow at Minnesota Sports Insider. Thanks. Bye.